0: I'm working on a building. It's a Holy Ghost building. Can I keep that in in the show? I don't know.
1: <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another podcast here with City of Hope Church. This is our small group series. It's actually episode uh, number three. Today, we're going to be discussing in our book, Practicing the Way, Pages 32 through 52, um, we're going to be diving into the first part of goal number one, which is be with Jesus. And over the past couple of weeks, we laid a lot of groundwork. We talked about uh, some of the things that we're going to be diving deeper into now. Uh, And You know, Clay, the goal of a disciple is to be with Jesus, to become like him, and to do as he did. And those are the very things that we're going to be spending much more time in. And this particular section, we're going to focus Entirely on being with Jesus, and um you know even before the podcast we both agreed that this was an extremely powerful section of the book and he just does a and I think last year you know in terms of being with Jesus in his presence, I think last year in particular, I started to learn uh and kind of experience just the goodness of just being in the presence of God, not necessarily asking anything or expecting anything but just kind of being with him um but he puts things he writes it in a way that like it clarifies and like it just makes so much sense and it's extremely powerful um but yeah i'm excited about this particular section
0: yeah and in in a roundabout way when he gets in this you know he's gonna unpack what what is almost like an ancient practice so to speak, but and and i think our our modern christian doesn't fully understand this he's going to get into the contemplative life what contemplation really means and if you read some of the older church fathers there were people called contemplatives you know and and but what th- what that was was they were learning how to practice being with jesus seeing him beholding him and spending time with him and that's i mean that's an important thing he he uses kind of this analogy of like just being around this uh this particular Jes- Jesuit priest that he went to for, for spiritual direction, and he said just being with this guy sort of rubbed off on him, slowed his heart rate down, made him, made him feel uh, differently about things. And I think a lot of times what w- the way that we look at Christianity is we go to church, and what we're hoping for is a bunch of information, and we get a bunch of stuff in our head, maybe knowledge, a lot of us think in terms of, uh, you know, doctrine, that's how we grow. The more doctrine I know, the more systematic theology I can get a hold of. Some people think in terms of it that way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, we go to church and we, like I said, we hear, we get some information, we can apply it to our lives. Maybe you give me a couple of good steps to apply to my life here. Yeah. But really the core of the Christian life is is is, is first, falling in love with a person, Mm-hmm and And God has given us the Holy Spirit by which we can do that Because most people say, "Well, you can't be with Jesus, He's in heaven, he's at the right hand of God. The Father well the Scripture says that you have been seated with him at the right hand of the Father with Christ in heavenly places, mm-hmm. and there's this reality that when Jesus left, he sent the Spirit yes. you know so so that we could have that kind of a relationship with him and walk with him and I think that's that's super important. I don't know. <clears throat> For me, that was one of the biggest issues in Christianity that I did not understand, and I think a lot of people still have uh, those same thoughts about about Christianity. It's about doing something or being a good person. I think actually I heard a clip, uh, I was listening to something where there were different takes on Christianity of like, um, um, you know, superstars and celebrities and stuff like that. Yeah, like Ariana Grande talking about what she thought about Christianity, this and that. And all of them just had this view, <laughs> like if you listen to them, they, they were all kind of like, it, it. They what they were talking about was, you know, their their church leaders or the pope or whoever else didn't think about sexuality the way they thought about it and didn't like this or didn't like that. And they're like, I just couldn't do that. So I don't really, I'm not about the religious stuff. I'm spiritual.
1: Mm. And the
0: reality is, is, you know, true spirituality is found in Christ. Every other form of spirituality leads you into a connection with, with dark forces, whether you like to agree with that or not. I mean, you're, you're going in a different direction, but. First and foremost, you know, if, if here's the thing, if they could have just understood that this reality of coming to know Jesus personally by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can begin a relationship with Him where you do come as you are, with your thoughts, with your strongholds, with your mental you know, with your incorrect theology, with all these things that you like and don't want to let go of. Mm-hmm. And you get to know this Jesus; it change it changes you. Yeah, you start to sense this person and who He is and what He thinks, and and it changes you. So. John 14:16 when Jesus is leaving, he tells them actually he says in 14:6 like it's it's better for you boys if I go away, if I leave you because if I don't go away, then the holy spirit's not going to come. Mm-hmm. But he says I'm going to go and I'll ask the father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever in John 14:16. And and literally in the Greek, if you read this, it means another of the same kind or Jesus is saying, I'm going to send another me down there. So here's the thing. The Trinity is a is a great mystery. Actually, it's so interesting. We had somebody and I'm sure she'll be listening to this, but she got in our small group recently and she's been coming to church. But like she's just sort of first dive. She's just diving into this Christian thing for the first time. But she's asking awesome questions. And one of her first questions was, man, I don't understand the Trinity. And mm-hmm. she asked that question. And I thought to myself, you know what? I bet most Christians that have been in the church for 10, 20 years don't understand the Trinity. Yeah. But, but when you – God is – it's a mystery, but it's a beautiful mystery. God is an eternal outpouring of community, worth, value, oneness, communication, and love – They exist, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit eternally. One person, one being, they are all of the same essence and substance, but yet they are three distinct persons, and they exist within an eternal community where they're pouring out worth and value and love on one another. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't need human beings because he is a community of love within himself, but it's outside of that fullness of love that he creates human beings and then through the Spirit invites us into that same community of love he invites us to be caught up in that trinitarian life and jesus becomes the door he becomes the access point for human beings to enter back into that because he becomes human now humans are able to get back into that trinitarian life Mm-hmm. So he's the door, and we're in Christ, and Christ is in us. And if we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, guess what? Now, just the same way that the Holy Spirit indwelt and came upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells and comes upon us as the children of God. And through the Spirit, who is the exact nature of Christ, it's another Christ. It's the yeah. Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is another Christ. They're distinct persons. They have different roles within e- eternal redemption, so to speak, but they're the same essence. They have the same heart. They are one, yeah. they're united. Even though they're distinct, it's a mystery, but God, Jesus has sent us the Spirit which represents fully Himself and points us fully to His work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, it, so what do you think, like, when someone understands, like when you read here, that the Holy Spirit is a person? Yeah. To me, that, it, it, I mean, once you understand that, and He's not just like this, um, mystical cosmos thing just kind of hovers but it's, it's an actual person yeah and that is you know the so we can't you know jesus in flesh jesus isn't here anymore he already came and so we can't go to him and actually sit with him at his feet and the way that we abide in him now is through the holy spirit yeah and so understanding that that holy spirit is, it's all yeah. it's all one, but it's a distinct person too. Yeah, it kind of it changes your your view of that a little bit. Yeah, because I think when when you hear this and when you're talking about okay, following away, following Jesus, um, yeah, on paper all that sounds really really good, and I want to do those things. But I think sometimes we get in our own heads, and it seems complicated because you know Jesus in in flesh isn't here anymore, so we're trying to do things differently than the disciples back then did and so like wrestling with well how do we how do we go
0: about following him how do we how do we abide and and that's why it starts with being with him and learning a relationship with a fellowship a communion with the holy spirit because you commune with the holy spirit you're 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 communing with christ so to speak the holy and, and and i'll even say it like this you know obviously uh there's you 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 it's it's perfectly fine. the the holy the the, the God is to be worshipped. The Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? They're all to be worshipped yes. and glorified yes. as one God. That's what the Trinity is. Um, but but God God in, invites us into this place where, through the Holy Spirit. So I've said it like this so many times. Our ministry is not our ministry. Our ministry, contem- we're the Body of Christ. Our ministry is the ministry of Jesus Christ. He invites us in. We're now in him. We're the body of Christ. Yeah. Our ministry is the ministry of Jesus Christ to the Father, first and foremost. We worship him. We adore him, just like Jesus did. We'd speak to him. We're in conversation with him. And that relationship comes through the Holy Spirit. Mm, Yeah, And it is for the sake of the church and the world. That relationship overflows yeah. for the sake of the church and the world. So our ministry is the ministry of Jesus Christ to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. how we engage. And and so we're in Christ, and we're in relationship with the Father, and it's through the power of the Spirit. And in that relationship, we're caught up. The power of God overflows, and it, trans- it creates and builds the church, strengthens the church, and reaches the world for the glory of God. Right and that that's what it is and some people, that that may be super deep but to me it's it's quite beautiful because yeah, it is. because they're inviting you into this flow of the inner life of God himself and through the spirit literally Jesus Christ and Father God is taking up residence inside of you yeah all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ. And now Jesus says, Hey, me and the Father want to make our home in you through the yeah. Holy Spirit. We want to live in you and do our And this is the thing about the Holy Spirit too, like you said, if you're just following Jesus physically well, you know, here's the thing. I want you to imagine this, and th- this is different because, like, if 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 one day you're gonna, I'm gonna become apprentice of you, and you're gonna teach me whatever. You're gonna teach me how to do camera and video, and I'm following you day after day after day. Or I have to come and physically get where you're at, and you're not even gonna be able to min- speak and teach to many people. You know, a handful of people at a time. Yeah, to show them the way. Uh, you can only be in one place at one time, you're limited, etc. But not only that, you're not changing me internally. You can put some information in my mind and I can kind of learn your mechanisms and stuff. But through the Holy Spirit, and this is what's, what's so beautiful about the new covenant, no longer are we trying to keep the commandments of God on our own strength. What happens in the new covenant is God's not a force outside of us that we're trying to obey. God comes and takes up residence within us, Mm. transforms our heart, gives us a new heart. Our spirit is regenerated, and we are now the dwelling place of God himself. And the more we learn to walk in relationship with him and yield fully to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit takes more control of our lives, by nature, we start to become like him and by nature he produces fruit in us because we're abiding in him and by nature we start to want to do what he's doing. Yeah. And so when we don't want to do what he's doing, it's not because we, oh, I just disagree with the Lord. No, you're not united with him yet. Yeah. You unite with him and he will produce transformation in you and all of a sudden from your heart you will want to do different things. Yeah. That's the thing that I recognize by the Spirit is the things that I didn't, I was like, oh man, I don't want to do that Christian life. But when I got to know Jesus, and I started praying and reading and spending time in worship and being alone out in the field just meditating on God and on his word all of a sudden I noticed my desire started to change yeah. the holy spirit started to produce something new within me and that's what abiding in him is about yeah and and I think that's you know that's probably the biggest thing that he lays out you know john 14 he's talking about the holy spirit coming john 15 he starts talking about him being the true vine and we're the branches Mm -hmm. and if we don't abide in him that fruit's not going to come you cannot be a better person and do the stuff that jesus does without this first step of being with him and abiding in him that's the whole point yeah
1: and he and and that's when he breaks down the meaning uh the the original greek word there abide is is it means to remain or stay to dwell or, or make your home in like you just said Yeah, And he moves into a section here that I thought was absolutely brilliant. But he talks about, he says, you know, Jesus isn't asking us to do something we're not already doing. Yeah, we're already doing
0: this every day of our lives. Yeah,
1: all of us are abiding in something.
0: Um, Preach this right here real hard. (laughs) It's,
1: It's good. It's good stuff. He says, all of us have a source we are rooted in, a kind of default setting we return to an emotional home it's where our minds go when they're not busy with task where our feelings go when we need solace where our bodies go when we have free time and right here where your money goes after we pay the bills we will make our home somewhere the question is where and so to me that just it made perfect sense with all that you know when well, yeah. you're when you're driving down the road and you're just kind of thinking like what are you thinking about when you're standing in line waiting to check out at the grocery store, like, where does your mind go? When yeah. you are laying in bed right before you go to sleep, like, what are you thinking about? Or when you first wake up. Yeah, when you first wake up. Like, what's on your mind first? And if you can answer that, that that's pretty
0: revealing of what you're abiding in currently. Yeah. And consider that. I mean, you know, I talked to Andrea about this last night, um, all of these realities, because, you know, we're, we're trying to, like – plug our phone up in the other room when we go to bed see i remember a time you know when i first got saved dude which iphones hadn't fully addicted all of us at that point just yet i still had a flip phone i think at the time and but i i I can remember man when i first got saved and was just filled with the spirit i can remember my of just waking up and just like the the joy that came into my heart because it's like he here he's here Mm. Good morning, Lord. You know, that, that kind of like is just the first thought on my mind was him. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, you know, I'd like to be able to tell you I'm, I'm, I'm in that realm all the time, but I'm not. You know, I, I drift just as much as the next person. So you're, you're fighting to to keep your default setting toward the Lord. You're, you're hard on him because our world, man, is trying to tune us out of all so, kinds of distractions. But like he says specifically here, if we're rooted in the infinite scroll of social media, and most people are, you go mm. in, you can go on and admit it. And here's the thing. We can even say stuff about that, and pe- but people make no changes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're rooted in the infinite scroll of social media. It's going to form you likely into people who are angry, anxious, arrogant, simplistic, and distracted. If you're rooted in the endless queues of, of streaming, if you're on Netflix constantly, Hulu constantly, it's going to form you too, most likely, into people who are lustful, restless, bored, and never present to what is. And that's true. About any TV show, it's like, oh, let's watch something tonight. And it starts looking for yeah. a TV show, and it's all trash mostly. I mean, yeah. And like I said, I love a good movie, love yeah. a good TV show. Like, I'm, I'm pumped about some things. Like, I'm pumped about the Dune 2 movie coming out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, I, I'm not hating on that completely. Yeah. I'm just saying that for the most part, when that becomes our default setting rather than a treat, you know, on the side where we can enjoy that, which is actually going to be uh, edifying to us or whatever and helpful. But that's becoming our default setting. We get home, we get tired, hit the stream, and we don't even care what it is. Yeah. We don't care if it's sinful. We don't care if it doesn't glorify God. We we'll don't give a rip because that's our default setting. Yeah. And it's forming us into something. If we're rooted in the pursuit of hedonism, another drink, another toke, another hookup, take the edge uh, off the pain and let us find a moment's peace, then it's going to form us too into compulsive, addictive people who run from our pain and simultaneously are healing. But man, these are so true. It is, man. So so true. And and we don't want to uh we we really don't want to Acknowledge that, but but that's what he's saying is that all of these things that we think are just the reality is the majority of people that are in churches and call themselves Christians they're actually defaulted to those three things in some way yeah. that he just mentioned and there's many others yeah but what we think about as far as our life with Jesus Christ is that it's, well, it's just impossible. We can't really do it, but no, no, no. You don't understand. You've just, you've, you've programmed yourself. You've allowed the world to program you to believe that these things are what gives you peace and relaxation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're not, they're actually, they're counterfeits. Mm. And, and, and so he says, but if we learn how to root ourselves in the inner life of God, then we're going to start to produce the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, what do you return to in those moments? And
1: and that's the thing he goes on to talk about too is is these are practices, mm-hmm. and like any skill, if you want to develop it, it, it has to be practiced. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. And so, and and I I love the way he describes again, you know, kind of. Yeah. Uh, abiding in in God constantly, and it not just being this, you know, Sunday morning Christian thing, but like learning to be with Him all day long. And He says, um, "It's learning to always be in two places at once." Mm. So, eating your breakfast, being with Jesus; braving public transit for your morning commute, being with Jesus; changing a diaper, being with Jesus; sorting through your inbox, being with Jesus; cooking dinner for your family being with jesus it's it, like you can you don't have to necessarily be in your prayer closet or on a mountaintop yeah. somewhere like you can live the life that we live right you can go through your day you can do these things but your your constant thought training it to you know like like and practice this like the next time you're changing your baby's diaper the next time you're, t- you're at dinner like give an effort to like Let your mind go to Jesus. Yeah, tune your heart. Tune your heart Mm
0: -hmm. and his goodness. And I and I think that's the thing. It's like you know, prayer without ceasing. There there are moments obviously where you where you do. You get alone with God like when you can. Right. You take a moment where you can spend some time in prayer. You spend an hour in the prayer closet. Like that's awesome if you can do it. This is one of the conversations we had in my small group, which this you know, this will be the third week, but it was just this past week was our first. And um this was one of the conversations that came up because, man, you've got people who are working, uh, they're taking care of their children, they're very busy, and they've got a lot. And it's just like, man, I, there's no way I can find the time. And I actually brought up to them Brother Lawrence, and I didn't know he, was in, he had included him in this book because Brother Lawrence, which he wrote about it here on, I think, page 40 or something like that. But, but Brother Lawrence was a guy. He wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God, and but he he basically uh, he was a 17th century monk in in Paris, but he was a dishwasher. So he spent his day doing yeah. menial tasks. I love this story. And ju- and just working, and and that's the thing. Like you know, he it was in the chaos of the kitchen, the noise, the distraction, the busyness. But what he said was, the time of busyness does not differ with me uh, from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in his great tranquility as if I were upon my knees before the blessed sacrament. And what he's saying is it's not that he doesn't have times of private prayer. It's just that he has found a way to practice the presence of God so that even in the busyness, hectic schedule of demands and chaos and all these other things going on, he's learned to tune his heart in such a way that he takes that outside of the place of prayer into the busyness of life. And like you said, changing a diaper. Um, I think, you know, I wasn't at the women's meeting, but uh, Andrea had shared with me some things that she had shared because women ask those questions a lot. Funny enough, men don't ask those questions as much, uh, but women ask those questions a lot. And um, that'd be a whole other podcast, right there, wouldn't it? Like, how, <laughs> how come women like to be in the presence of God more than men? Yeah, is, is that a reality, or is it just something that I sense?
1: Well, um, we even talked about the, maybe even when we first started in this podcast. One of the books we were going through, I think one of the statistics, like even in in church, and when you look at the oh, numbers, sixty forty. Yeah, it's, 60/40. Stuff, yeah, it's uh, women do way more. <laughs> I mean, they, they want to be involved. They want to be in prayer. They want to do those things. And guys are just, we need to step up, fellas. Yeah. That's what it boils down to.
0: They have a misconception of what it, what it is to be a man. Yeah. Jesus is not their ideal man, I don't think. And that's a problem. Mm. Because it means that you've placed an idol in front of him. And uh, Come on. Anyway. Preach. Anyway. Uh, that, no, that's true, though. Like, I mean,
1: yeah, man. I mean, leading their families, gosh. We, yeah, that is a, probably a whole other topic, but
0: yeah, good, good to talk about yeah, anyway. Anyway, the 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 thing that I was talking about there was was you know Brother Lawrence learning to do that in his in his in his daily life, living in that in that constant uh, communion, and and one person said he he quotes this psychologist that said the undirected mind tends toward chaos, mm. and one of the things that I've always said is like you know think true thinking if you just leave your mind open the world's going to program you period and that's what she's saying the undirected mind tends toward chaos yeah in order to be a thinker you have to actually choose your thoughts you know what i'm saying otherwise something else is going to choose them for you you ha- you have to be direct about what you think about that's why there's there's a scripture after scripture about the renewal of the mind. Whatever is lovely, noble, pure, think on these things, meditate on these things. Paul told Timothy, and and so that people may see you're you're, you're prospering. Uh, so there's this constant idea of retraining your mind. And there's a book that I give people sometimes that deal with uh, anxiety and stress. There's a woman named Carolyn Leaf. Some people like her, some people don't. She wrote a book called. She's written several books. Uh, the one that I've got is switch on your brain, but she's a neuroscientist and she talks about neuroplasticity and she even shows how that you can take scans and look at negative trees of thought Mm. like that, just negativity where people think toxic thoughts and it gets rooted and that you can actually retrain those and change your neural pathways to where you begin to think differently. Mm. Um, I was preparing a sermon. One thing I read this week, uh, you know, was about gratitude and it talked about how this is completely secular science. It's not have anything to do with Christianity. You if you do a a gratitude journal for 10 weeks, it'll increase your happiness by 20%. Wow. Just just cuz you're you're changing the way you think, you're not looking at all the negative things in life, you're starting to be grateful. Yeah. for for what you do have. So, you know, the mind It doesn't have to live in a negative spiral. It can be retrained to abide uh, into the presence of God. It can be renewed, and then you can demonstrate what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So I think that's a big big part of it is, is us paying attention to the fact that in order to do this, it's not going to just happen. But we have to learn how to practice it. Yeah. I like that's why it's called practicing the presence of God. Yeah. Like if you're going to get better at playing basketball, what do you do every day? Everybody wanting to get in this gym all the time. Why? Because they're trying to get better. Yeah. They're, they're, they're willing to practice yeah. to win a basketball game. Yeah. Are you willing to practice to, to become more like Christ? Yeah. Are you willing to practice? To, to do that. Like, people will practice to win a ball game. Like, he makes one statement on page 39, and and it, it's excellent. But he says, apprenticeship to Jesus is about turning your body into a temple, a place of overlap between heaven and earth. This is the single most extraordinary opportunity in the entire universe to let your body become God's home. hmm that's better than winning an NBA championship, my friend. Like, that is worth practicing. Yeah. That's worth getting better and learning because, God, you can make your body through the renewing of your mind and worship of God, his very dwelling place where his glory is manifested, he's revealed, and yeah. you become like him. Love is at a peak yeah. high just flowing out of you. And and so it's a, it's a gift. It's such a call, and uh, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean... Just putting it simply, I think a lot of times we just we don't see or walk with the Lord as something you have to practice. Right. It's uh again, you know, going back to the whole transaction transformation thing, it's more of you know, you, you, you say the prayer but you you're, we're often not willing to put in the put in the work and put in the, the practice to establish some of these things. And and what we're missing out on, man. I mean, all that God has for us really, what it really means to, to be a Christian and like you, the overlap, like you said, of heaven and earth and being in that space where you and God are communing and all these, like you, you're experiencing, you don't have the counterfeits of, of everything life has to offer. You have the real thing. It's, it's what our, our, our soul is most craving is, is him. Yeah. And and yeah, just just like that simple understanding of like, okay, these are things that I can actually, because there's, and he talks about this too, there's some things in our walk with the Lord that we can't control. You know, you know we, uh, of course we can pray for healing and we can do this and that, but there's some things that are outside of our control. But this is something that we can control. Right. We can choose what we're thinking about day in and out we can choose the the things that we're putting in place we can choose to to lay down our phones or turn off the tv or uh, whatever have you or to redirect our minds when in the business of life those are things that we have control and the ability to do uh and and man what an amazing and awesome responsibility really yeah but it's just a new way of thinking about this whole life in terms of being a christian and and like the title of the book practicing the way
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Colossians three. Before we even start reading this book, for whatever reason, the Lord really impressed on my heart the scripture in Colossians three, which He refers to uh, several th- times, and it says, "If you then have been raised with Christ, um, set your mind on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father," and and basically saying, "Don't don't set your mind on on." Things on the earth, but set your mind on things above. And one one way, one translation says, "Exercise your minds on mm. on things above." And so you establish that. Which Dallas Willard said this. He's got a quote on page forty three. Dallas Willard, man, he's written some powerful books. If you're interested, but uh, and he pulls a lot of stuff from Dallas Willard. Uh, he's a spiritual growth guru, though. But he says the first and most basic thing we can do and must do is to keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus practicing the presence of God is to direct direct and redirect our minds constantly to Him. In the early time of our practicing, we may well be challenged by our burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. That is, we will be constantly distracted by a million other things, namely your phone and your notifications and Facebook and all that stuff. But these are habits, not the law of gravity, and they can be broken. A new grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps toward keeping God before us. Soon our minds will return to God as the needle of a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of our souls, he will become the pole star of our inward beings." And, and this is what it is like as much, think about how we're programmed, literally people, I hear it all the time. People talking about how, well, man, I just pick up my phone and without even thinking I end up on Facebook and before I even have a minute to think about it, it's a habit. Yeah. It is an ingrained programmed habit and they design phones in that particular way. But if you're going to break that, imagine making God that, that habitual, like you're 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 sitting there thinking about God going into His presence. You're like, oh, I, I'm in the presence of God. I didn't even think about what I was doing.
1: Yeah, you like, just <laughs> randomly, you're reading the Bible before you even realize. Yeah, it. yeah.
0: Imagine, imagine it being that. Like your your default setting is so toward God that He becomes that habit. He becomes that practice. Yeah, and I mean that's what. That's what we want yeah and I like the progression of it too because at, at the first you know obviously it will
1: be hard and it's difficult when you first start breaking habits and no, trying to be. implement new things but before long I mean think about the imagery okay, when you pick up a compass it it's automatic it automatically turns north yeah and like when you can if we can get to that place in our life where it's automatic. Yeah, that's the it's the natural thing for us to do. It 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 feels a lot less like work then. Yeah, you know, and it just becomes who we are. Yeah, you know, and and that's I love that um, the the needle turning north. uh, It's a a beautiful image there.
0: John John Maxwell said most of us have um, uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits, Mm. which is a good statement. That is a good statement. And this guy, you know, he kind of says that same thing here. He says. You show me a person's habits, and I'll show you what they are truly most passionate about, most dedicated to, most willing to suffer for, and most in love with. And if you show me a person's habits, I'll show you who they will become. Yeah. And that's the truth. You become. You become what you practice yeah. over and over and over again, for better or for worse.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, one of the one of the problems is is maybe we don't recognize the danger of it. Like we we see it as like this innocent thing that really doesn't matter. Oh, it's it's not hurting me that I have these these habits of you know scrolling and binging TV and stuff like that. We just we we don't see it as those things are actually forming us. And I know we're kind of we talked about this yeah. a little earlier in the the podcast before, but we're being formed into something.
0: Um, well, I, th- I I think that what they do is they get. They make us more carnal so Mm. that we are actually not attuned to spiritual realities. And we just, we're blinded and numb to it. We We become dulled. Our consciences are a little bit dulled. Our spiritual senses are a little bit dulled and we're doing okay. Like we're good people. We ain't hurting nobody. Yeah, yep. but man, you were you were created for so much more than just I ain't hurting nobody. You were created for so you were created created to, to be indwelt by the living, powerful God who does miracles and works through human beings. You could literally change the world and take souls into the kingdom of heaven. Like there's there's so much available to us that I think we, we're just willing to squander to, to waste our time on goofy things. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I'll share this too real quick. Of course, like you said, we had small groups, uh the first one met and uh we had um uh, someone talk about um shout out to Kaylee Jones, she was talking about how in college, you know, there you're you're programmed to and, and he talks about this in the book before, but you're programmed to have like like if you're a student, you have class times. Like yeah. you go to class and it's from six to eight forty five or whatever, then you're done with class. And a lot of times, you know, abiding in following Jesus is a twenty-four hour a day thing, seven days a week. There is no checkout. You're con- you're with Jesus constantly, um, and I, and that's what I'm beginning to understand more and more as we're reading this, in, in terms of abiding as well, going throughout the day. It's not that you know you you even like if you're not necessarily a, a Sunday morning Christian or whatever. Even if you do it daily, oftentimes we have this mindset where Okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'll I'll read my 10-minute devotional, but then I'm I'm finished. And I'll I can go do my other things. Right. That's our mindset disconnect from it. Versus like no, it it's constant. This should be a a a constant thing that we're thinking about that right. we're going back to. And, and and don't get me wrong, the 10-15 minute devotionals are are wonderful. That's great. Uh you should keep doing those, but it's not the Again, just like a college class, it's not like you do that and all of a sudden you're done, you're free to go do whatever you want to do the rest of the day kind of thing. Right. And sometimes I feel like, myself included, you know, we get that kind of mentality where we can, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm following Jesus, I'm, I'm a student, I want to do this, but I have, like, class times. Like, I'll check in, but then now I'm going to go do whatever
0: Right. at the same time. Check in, check out. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool thought, you know. Yeah, and, it's, and that's the thing. That's the thing about that. He becomes our life. Christ is our life. Yeah. He's not just a, a class we're taking, you know, to sort of implement, but we get to go check out every now and then. But I think sometimes maybe we look at it like that. Maybe we we look at it as labor instead of enjoyment. Yeah, and that that's a that's a big issue too. I, th- I think somehow or another we've got to we've got to change our mindset to where. You know, there is some discipline to spiritual practices, and sometimes doing certain things aren't always fun because the flesh doesn't like it. It doesn't like discomforts. Flesh hates spiritual realities. It doesn't like spending time in prayer. It doesn't make sense to it. But there's a place where the spirit becomes more powerful in a human being, and all of a sudden you realize, man, this is the most enjoyable part of my life, mm. to be with Jesus, to hear his voice, to sense his love and his presence and his goodness, and to have that saturate my being. I mean, there, I think there's a place there where we experience that, in it, and it's real. And uh, that's that's the apex of Christian spirituality. There, he told the story about this, this guy um, who was essentially um, – an elderly peasant who would sit alone for long hours in this quiet church, and the priest came up to him and asked the old man what he was doing, and he said, "I look at him, he looks at me, and we are happy." Mm. And 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 that's what he says is the apex of Christian spiri- spirituality. It is being able to sit in the quiet, alone with God, and let Him love on you. And and this is this is a this, you know this is like why. Part of the reason, like w- why we've even we call these prayer meetings sometimes at like nine PM, you know, you know, I sat in there and dude, I, I do, I dump my laundry list out to God or whatever. When I go into my prayer closet at home, thought Andrea last night, I read this section of the book. I said that right there. I said you you can't read that and not want to go get in the prayer closet mm-hmm. because he starts to unpack this 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 beauty of meeting with Jesus where the Holy Spirit reveals him to you. There are moments that I've had with God, some of the richest moments in my life where I've just been with the Lord and Jesus, I get a glimpse of him and I sense his love for me and it breaks me down yeah. and I come out a different person. And, and that's what, you know, that's what the Bible teaches. Uh, you and I were talking about this scripture earlier today, second <clears throat> Corinthians three eighteen, which he, he, He he uses here, and it says, "We all who, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory." Mm. And that word contemplation there is is very deep because you know the church fathers. There were even groups of people called uh, contemplatives. They practiced. This time of 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 just so much time spending with in the presence of God, not even opening their mouths, but just con- using their minds to become sort of a sanctuary for the living God. Their their minds become uh, just this place that God can can, sh- can show up, and they meditate on Jesus. They imagine Him, and the Holy Spirit comes and and reveals Him to them, and 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 basically, you know, which I told you the context of that is. People in the Old Testament would read Moses, but they wouldn't see Jesus. And he said a veil remained over their eyes. But he says when they turn to the Lord, that veil is removed in Christ. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then he says, and we all with unveiled faces. Now that we can see Jesus, when we come into the scripture, the scripture starts to reveal the beauty of Jesus to us and we start to contemplate him and behold his glory and his beauty, the way that he speaks, the way that he acts, his teachings, the way he heals people, the way he loves people. As we behold that, but then all of a sudden he starts to speak those things directly to us as his beloved. It's not just some stories we're reading about, but it becomes something personal to us. We get into the story ourselves and we sense his love directly for us then we start to be transformed into the same image with mm-hmm. ever increasing glory.
1: Man, that's good stuff. That yeah. un- and as soon as I read that, I couldn't help but think about a bride and a groom, mm-hmm. and and you stand in there, and we are the bride of Christ, and we lift the veil, and we're just face to face with Jesus. Yeah. And and what a what a powerful and just resting in that. Yeah. I we, mean, there's so much. I mean, that's part of imagery. There is just off.
0: I mean, it's so beautiful. Yeah, and that's what that's what a lot of prayer is that people misunderstand is a lot of prayer is just letting Jesus love us into people of love. Mm. I went to uh, I went to California, I think, last year to like a conference, and um, and man, so they had this big prayer room, and and I and I went into this prayer room once. And the, I don't know what was unique about it. Maybe it was just being disconnected from everything else and just being alone and nobody knowing me and no pressure to man. But I sat in that prayer room for a couple of hours, man, and just the love of God just washing over me. And I just sat there and cried for a couple of hours and just sensing the love of God for myself and bringing out everything to him, my struggles, my sins, my shortcomings, my fears, everything, and just feeling his love wash over me, telling me everything's going to be all right. And, and I remember... Uh, probably a day or two later, we were in one of the services. And we get a, we get in there and we're worshiping. And, you know, some people say, well, I just don't like to spend 30 minutes in worship. Well, I think you misunderstand the <laughs> what's going on. I don't like to spend 30 minutes listening to songs. There was a guy and a girl that got up there with a cello and a violin. No lyrics. And this guy says, we're just going to take some time before the Lord. There are probably 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people in that room, I guess. I don't know. It's a big, big church, and they just start playing cello for probably an hour. I don't, I don't know how long it was, maybe 30 minutes, maybe, I don't know. But I can tell you this, I end up getting down on my face, man, and somewhere in the middle of that, in my mind's eye and in my heart, Jesus shows up, and he takes me through all of these moments in my life that he was with me. I just saw him with me, walking with me, smiling with me. Taking care of me, giving me guidance, giving me direction, making a path for my life, I saw him and then, and then he took me into this moment and I, and I saw him like with some of the burdens and some of the worries that I had about our church. I just saw him just like walking through our church, and I even saw some of our people in the church and and, and, I'm, and I'm envisioning this, but what I'm envisioning more than anything is how much he loves me, how much he loves us, the fact that he even loves this church more than I do, yeah. and that it's his. It's yeah. not mine. <laughs> it's not my. And I just felt those burdens, man, lifting up all. I, I, me and Naomi, will run out in our yard. I, I, I saw an image of just running with Naomi, and then I saw an image of him right there beside us, like he, he's with me and he loves me. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is, is like you can, you can do that. You can step into that and contemplate the Lord's glory and His love and who He is on a daily basis. Yeah. And every time you tap into it, you're being transformed by the Spirit into the same image. And that's that's what we seek, yeah. But I think we we disconnect from that. We some our flesh tells us that another TV show would be better than that tonight, yeah. And then sometimes you go in the prayer closet and you're like, well, Clay, I didn't experience that. Like I didn't get caught up in glory. I didn't shed one tear. Well, see, that's why it takes practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reps. It, it takes get some reps. reps you have to get yeah. you have to learn to spend some time with the Lord. And it's not always going to be angels showing up, you know, and ascending and descending and all this stuff going on. Like you have to, it takes some reps. There's many times I go in the prayer closet, I get heavily distracted and and I come out and you know it doesn't yeah. feel like anything happened but i know it did right so anyway good stuff Clay. good stuff yeah i think that's 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 the big thing um the world is scheming constantly to rob us of our attention and if we can't pay attention we're not going to be able to pray so we have to learn to take time to give our attention to god and even and and, and then that overflowing into our daily lives mm-hmm. like if we are washing dishes if whatever we're doing if we're at work how do I give my attention to God take lunch break give 5 minutes to God i mean what whatever it is but turning our hearts even in the mundane tasks uh in into this into this place where we where we start to focus on God and we're transformed through that experience that we have with him amen amen Guys, thank you all so much for
1: listening. This has been a great episode. You're really going to enjoy this section of the book. I hope uh, you give it a read as well. And, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next one.